0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Uh, Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. Take your seat. Wow, there's a lot of people here today. Did word get out that I was speaking or something? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, I want to add my welcome to Pastor Adrian's, and um, I... I didn't want to muck it up, so I went to decide to use AI, artificial intelligence. (laughs) So I went to a site called ChatGPT. I'm sure any teachers having their day off today just uh, have ruined their day because (laughs) uh, teachers or lecturers. I don't know how you navigate this stuff going forward, but um, it's so quick. I put in remarks for welcoming people to church, new people to church. Bang, it's there. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it's with great joy and warmth that we extend our heartfelt welcome to each and every one of you joining us today. It's pretty good, isn't it? At name of church. Uh, We are truly blessed to have you here as part of our loving and faith-filled community. Whether you're a first-time visitor or a returning member, we embrace you with open arms and open heart. We believe that each individual is unique and special and your presence enriches our congregation. As we gather as one family, we're reminded of the strength and unity that faith brings to our lives. Here at, no, here at River Edge Church, <laughs> we strive to create a welcoming and inclusive environment where everyone can feel at home. We encourage you to explore our community, get to know the wonderful souls who call this church their spiritual home. Our church family's here to support and walk alongside you on your faith journey. We encourage you to participate in our various ministries, events and gatherings, as these provide opportunities to build meaningful connections and grow in your relationship to God. And so it goes on, and I've left stuff out because it feels like sacrilege to put to Copy some of the spiritual stuff in there, but it's really good. It's, but it's, it's not mine. It's not, it's not mine. So, uh, but yeah, isn't it incredible the world we're in? Um, We've had a great morning, great worship, great communion, Rachel. Was that AI or was that your own work? No, so, (laughs) no, that was. That was Rachel's own work, Rachel. <laughs> and Rachel, you're a great teacher and a great mentor to so many people, and we just honour you and and what you shared. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I would just like to talk today uh, about being under pressure, and it, it relates a bit to where we've been before. Ah, oh, Jesse's done that up a bit. Which is good. I thought all his exes, his uh, work would have gone into that second song graphics. So they pretty good, weren't they? But uh, uh, that's that's good. That's an old style pressure cooker. Uh, very old style. We had one at home. It wasn't that old looking, but uh, I like that one because it's got the top like we had. And in the growing up in the 70s or 80s, you had this pressure cooker. You had the lid just sealed on and had this little top-type thing, and when it blew, it blew. You know, you'd be, uh, (laughs) well, I can't say that now, because Pastor Steve just said it, the cat's asleep there, and then it just goes off, and the cat just takes off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, pressure builds up, builds up, builds up, and it takes off. And Pastor Steve, um, at one of our meetings, was talking about a week or two ago and he says, oh, there's people under a lot of pressure at the moment. And I thought, well, yes, you're You're very right because I am so feeling it. And, um, you know, there's pressure and there's what we perceive to be pressure sometimes. And uh, even perceived stuff, well, it certainly feels real, even if it's not totally legit. Uh what do statistics say about pressure? Um, do you like statistics? I got nine out of nine in my footy tips last week. Oh. and was A lot of people did. Uh, this week I'm one out of six. One out of six so far and that, that one was a two-point, fell-over-the-line one. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but feelings of pressure... Um, Fear is not rational. Fear is not rational. Here's the stats from Harvard or Yale. 40% of things that we fear never happen. 30% are in the past and can't be helped. Is anyone adding this up? 12% involves the affairs of others and they're not even any of our business. 10% relate to sickness, either real or imagined. And uh, if you reckon that leaves only 8% of things that are worried about and feared about that might have a legitimate claim to be worried about, you're right. Eight. Okay, about what I got in the footy tips this week. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, we, in, in life there's a lot of fear, a lot of stuff that can go wrong. And, and, and it, even the biggest corporations and companies, I'm sure they're quite fearful of the next thing that they're bringing out. Is it going to be a flop? Is it going to be a, a winner? Like even the very most successful, society is geared, we're on a knife edge, a razor edge about fear and, and what can go wrong. And, um, of course, people who we see as winners in life, be it a sports person or someone, is someone who um, can handle pressure and says, okay... Bring it on, bring it on, and I'm going to push through the press. I'm not going to crumble under it like everyone else. I'm going to push through. And they say, I'm going for it regardless. I want to say this morning that as Christians, that's our position, to go for it regardless. Easier said than done? Yes. But we're going forward regardless. The promises of God. The scriptures, the God-inspired faith-filled songs, if we could sing those three songs we sang this morning and sang them over and over this week, they're going to help us dramatically, dramatically, dramatically. And um, the promises of God are, are incredible. So I want to share about being under pressure this morning. And I want to do it sensitively because, and I want to say that if, if you, as you're listening to this, do this, stay in your own lane, and and do this as your own own self, because if we had a, a spectrum of scale along here of how much people have gone through, I could be maybe here, you might be, you might have been through less in life than me, you might have been through miles more than me, and a blockage could come where you say, well, what would you know? <laughs> What would you know? And uh, I've done some some of that comparison stuff in my life, and it's not helpful. It, <laughs> it's it's not helpful. Yeah, it, it's it's no good. So so, please, uh, as you're listening and as the Holy Spirit's hopefully speaking today, receive it for yourself. Don't receive it from a person who's got no idea of what you've going through, but a person who has sought God's word about it and um, some revelation about it. Galatians 6, do not compare yourself with others. So so there we go. In pressure, we want resolution, don't we? We want stuff to be resolved and we want it done quickly and uh, um, p- pressure is real. Um, who's? Uh, I won't ask for a show of hands, but who's ever felt like they're just hanging on and uh, not only that can I continue to hang on I'm out on a limb here this is so hard this is so so difficult and uh, so some thoughts some little key points today just to see just to help us along help me along because it's real point number one um, you think Jesus doesn't get it do you ever think that well you're wrong you're wrong. Matthew Matthew 5. There's no wrong? There's no right or wrong. Okay. You think Jesus doesn't get it. You're wrong. Matthew 5, message version. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, they... The committed they climbed up the hill with him arriving at a quiet place he sat down taught his climbing companions this is what he said you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you there is more of God and his rule you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you These and the other few scriptures we're looking at today, there's a transference there uh, occurring um, of you've lost something, you're going to gain something even greater. And when you're going through stuff, think, I'm losing something, I've lost something, something's missing. What am I going to get in God that's greater? And that's his whole purpose for us. More And his purpose is more of him in our lives and less of us in self and our, our lives and our circumstances running our lives. This is a recurring theme right through scripture. Uh, and the very first beatitude, very first thing he says when he gets to the top, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Less of you, more of God and His rule. Uh, James, in the book of James, James has there's the Ten Commandments of James. It's sometimes called, and there's you know about there's ten things there that he says to do: submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God, cleanse, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. All good. Then it says grieve. Seven, mourn. Eight. Weep. Nine. Let your laughter be turning to mourning and your joy to gloom. Sorry to rain on the parade today, but this is this is God's word. But it's saying these things can happen so that God can be glorified, so that we can grow and we can become so much stronger and and greater in the kingdom of God. Number ten. Humble yourself, and He will lift you up. The next point. I want to say is that he's got it all covered and he's got us covered. Yeah. Moses, at the end of his life, uh, he was got the, got the children of Israel right to the point of the promised land. We're just there. But God said, no, you, your time's done with this. You're not going in. So he climbed up the mountain and he looked out across, looked across the promised land and uh, saw what was there. And uh, then God gave him some words to say, Deuteronomy 33:26. 26. It was like a national address to the Israelites as they're about to embark on their new nation, their new life. Verse 26, there is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds of his majesty. Beautiful words, beautiful words. And yes, we get that. We, we've got a concept of God being on high, God being of majesty, God being all of those things. And that is so good. What a side to be on, is, is to be on God's side. No one like him. He rides across the heavens. He's great and mighty, mountaintop stuff. He's the God of the high places. But then in the next verse, Moses has a different focus. He says, the eternal God is your refuge And underneath are the everlasting arms. Not over the top, not all out there. Underneath, he's our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, destroy them. The Hebrew word, I believe, for underneath is bottom. So he's your refuge and... Uh, right at the bottom of whatever is going on are his everlasting arms. Right at the bottom. So to me that's saying there's not even a spot where we can be touched by what's going on because what's down right below that, his arms are right there. Right there on the bottom. There, there is a buffer zone for us from what is going on if we allow, it, if we allow him to be. Underneath of the everlasting arms. No matter how deep things are, His presence is deeper. He's at the bottom in any situation. We won't be scraping along the bottom if we put our trust in Him. He will be covering that, He'll be handling that. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My home is in God's presence. That's that's what that's saying. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High of God will rest in the shadow. His shadow... um, I was thinking about this and I had a picture of an umbrella and Jesus is holding the umbrella and there's a massive storm going on and what I can do, I can stay outside the reach of that umbrella and get absolutely smashed by the storm or I can draw close to him holding the umbrella right in the middle and be covered and uh, umbrella, shelter, shadow. um, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust next one remember this isn't me telling you about your life but no blame game no blame game deuteronomy 29 29 the secret things belong to the lord our god but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of the law so when stuff happens and the the first question is why, the next question is why, the next question after that is why. <laughs> the secret things belong to God. He doesn't owe us an explanation for everything, He, but he does ask us to trust him. And we know that it'll be, we sang it this morning, things will work out for good. The things will work out for good. Um, well, he, he might be getting our attention if we're straying offline and we're you know that he can be doing that, but otherwise, uh, there's things that he's in an imperfect world that uh, is are happening. He's allowed it to an extent, to a to a, a point uh, for us to grow and f- for us to replace what we've lost with him. Next point: What's the alternative? Okay, <laughs> you know God's God's let me down. It seems things aren't panning out look I, I believe I've done everything right I, I believe this should be panning out this way and it's not at the moment so what's the alternative Jesus did some pretty hard teaching uh, <laughs> and uh, in John 6 and uh, some didn't like it and from that time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him you don't want to leave too do you Jesus asked the 12 Simon Peter answered Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Where where else is there apart from the God of the universe who's interested in the end of the show, not just the start of it, not just this minute? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You know, I get it things are hard to face sometimes things are hard to face and as a coping mechanism we run a ar- want to run away from stuff but the father wants to heal our lives he wants to bring healing he wants to deal with stuff he wants to come in and do things in our lives if we'll stay and there's no there's no alternative what is life? It's just a bit of vapor. What is what? What is it? What's it for? Um, do well in sport or do well in business? Like, <laughs> okay. what? What is? <laughs> that's nothing. That's nothing. Lord, to whom shall we go? Yeah. Pete, very wise, Peter. Yeah. So I don't know how these points are, are going. Like you, you've got stuff in your in your in your world. Uh, and you just put them through the lens of these points, you think doesn't Jesus doesn't get it, you're wrong, he's got us covered, is that helpful? We avoid the blame game. We don't even contemplate an alternative because there is none. Next point. You're going, good guys. Weakness, what weakness? 2 Corinthians 12. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Hey, look at me. I'm I'm hopeless. (laughs) I'm hopeless. It's probably a good thing to do if it brings honour and glory straight to Jesus, uh, you know, so that we're not uh, pumping up our own tyres. Um, more <laughs> gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. There's the place to be. Recognise your weakness, say, hey, it, uh, it's o- I'm okay with that. I'm not, uh, not thrilled by it, but it's okay because Christ's power can rest on me when I acknowledge it, when I say, I want to do something about this. I don't want this to be a weakness in my life anymore. I want you to strengthen me, Lord. Verse 10, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses. Paul's delighting in weaknesses. In insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. And let's say it all together. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's a transference. It's a transference. We're losing stuff. We, we're seeing we're poor in spirit, we've, we've mourning. we're mourning, when I'm weak, then I'm strong in Jesus. Somebody, maybe you yourself, are accusing you about your weakness. There's an accuser happening. Um, Jesus, According to that scripture, Jesus' power needs weakness to work. He needs surrender. He needs reliance. He needs faith in him rather than our good works a good thing to have. His strength is a very good thing to have when we're weak. Next thing to apply the lens to that thing or things that are going on in your life, it's short term. Again in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. That's good, that's good, the outward's wasting away. We, we get that, we all know that. <laughs> but inwardly we can be renewed every day. We can be get changed on the inside every day for our light and momentary troubles. We're going to get back to that in a second. Remember light and momentary, light and momentary is how they're described. Ooh, but I'm overwhelmed by that, that's just, that's just making, making a huge impact on my life. He says they're light and momentary. They're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Again, transference. We've got trouble and he's going to come in and make something beautiful out of it. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what's unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is seen unseen is eternal. So just a couple of things, just talking about what were those two words, light and momentary Uh, we were singing this morning about the house of miracles and i still believe Um, pastor steve made a very good point the other week he was talking about faith and you know faith for healing and stuff like that and there's a whole other side of faith and that's faith saying i'm going to get faith for healing but it hasn't happened up till now why why would it happen now what? Why? why would, yeah. What's What's different? There's faith there. It's not great faith. It's faith that that's not going to um, amount to anything, but it's still faith. But this is a house of miracles. These things Jesus says and Paul through and Paul through through Paul, they're light and momentary. So we need our antenna up. So that when we meet together in an atmosphere of faith this morning and Chelsea says, put your hands up if you're needing healing, not, we need to not be, oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, but not expecting anything. No, these things are light and momentary. Uh, that could be an eternal cons- perspective, yes, momentary. It could you know, in, uh, you know, God's outside of time. But why don't we be expecting... God to be moving and working and doing stuff because he said these things, you're going to endure this for for as long as you're around. No, they're light and momentary. Paul's not lying to us. So uh, God judges these things correctly. We judge them by getting way out of... uh, uh, But God judges judges it correctly. Jesus went through them, yes. He was a man of sorrows. Uh, we like to we like that scripture because he was, what he endured. But I also think Jesus was fun and he lived life to the absolute full because um, man of sorrows was what he had to be. But that, I don't think that was how he lived. He was attractive and he lived going th- through. Um, a lot, lot of talk about uh, finances and economy and stuff at the moment. And uh, I really believe that uh, for some people and, you know, you might be in this category with your finances, your household and stuff like that, Um, you might be thinking to yourself, well, things were very tight when when the economy was good and when supermarket prices weren't going up before my very eyes and cost of everything was rising and interest rates, da-da-da-da, things things were tough then, so imagine what they're going to be like now. How about instead imagine what if God wants to do a work and do an amazing thing to show that that the circumstances have gone down like that and your circumstances are going to go up like that because of we've put faith in him and, and there would be testimonies of saying, I don't know, I don't understand it, my finances are in, in better shape than ever and there's absolutely zero reason why they are. I believe that's for some people here today. Second last point, Um, be equipped and filled by the Holy Spirit. Be equipped and filled by the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that that he freely gives us and puts in our lives. And uh, they're there for difficult circumstances, the fruit. I'm, I'm certain of it. If things are going well in our life, no problems, no dramas, we can get by on natural fruit, you know. We don't need spiritual love if we're gaga and in, in love and uh, <laughs> there's a honeymoon happening. It's all just fantastic. We don't need it. We can feel that naturally. But the fruit kicks in when when we've got a love and it doesn't work it doesn't fit joy if circumstances are great well of course hey this is good unless you're really not aware of how good you have it but we need joy for the circumstances that that say no to us and those things peace you don't need peace much when things are going great but you need it when things are going terrible oh what a wonderful thing to be equipped. For, for the tough times patience why are things not happening for me <laughs> you need patience you need an a, a injection of patience in that situation you don't need it when everything's fallen into place for you oh, no. I had a friend once who uh, things just you, you know anyone who things just fall into place for them and you know he it was we used to laugh about it a lot And uh, (laughs) he, uh, you know, we were young guys and he got, someone gave him a set of golf clubs and they were beautiful clubs and that was just, he was at the right place at the right time. Things just happened and he just, he used to just say, thank you very much. Thank you, (laughs) all these things, thank you very much. (laughs) And uh, things just would fall into place for him and, uh, ah, and... (laughs) And you think, yep, that's it. That's you again. <laughs> All good, but mostly we need patience. Things aren't happening. Kindness, gentleness, self-control—they, we need them to be totally working when things aren't great. And our final point this morning, uh, and uh, it's 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 been good that uh, we can take in. Um, you know, this is what I need and this is, this is good for me. But we're also called for higher duties. We're called for higher duties. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Yes, thank you. I'll have your compassion. I'll have your comfort. Please, Lord, yes, bring it in, bring it, who comforts us in all our troubles. Bring it in, bring it in. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Comma after troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Something to do. We can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we got. God comforted me, he helped me in this, he, he, he came through for me. Not exactly how I thought it would but even better way and, even, and, a, and, a, and he had the big picture in sight all along. Now, can I comfort you because there's a testimony there, there's evidence there of what happened. We comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we, rece- we ourselves received. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Through Christ. Yeah. There's, we're called to, for higher duties. We're called to do something extra. Extra to do there. And why not? If God's doing a great work, that's we, we, the, the best thing to be vocal about in life. As against anything else, shall we just stand uh, thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you Father you're a great God. thank you Jesus our brother. Holy Spirit, thank you for the work you're doing. Lord, I just ask that we will come to a realization and a heart decision that anything that comes our way, Lord, and there's stuff coming our way, I'm sure right now. Lord, you would be in it. You'd be under it. You're at the you're at the bottom and you're at the top of it. It's all We are encased and encompassed by you. And I just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, you work your way through it. We will be patient, but we'll also be expectant. We'll be patient and wait, but we will be expectant because you're a good God. And you love us and care and have everything about us. You have our best in mind and you'll work towards it if we allow you. Open us up, Lord, where we've been closed. Open us up where we've been closed and we've, we've gone, gone it alone with this thing, with these things. Lord, you want to come in and, and do a replacement work. Holy Spirit, do it. Do it. Do it today. Do it in this week. You're a good God and we thank you in Jesus' name.